Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on 8. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com. Part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you can find anywhere. I do this podcast every day. You can subscribe to it via iTunes and the Android app. You can check out my written work at PackerReport.com. Remember to receive 10% discounts on tickets. There's a Sunday night game against the Giants that might interest you. And on Packers gear. And my colleague from Packer Report, Keith Rodink, will join me for today's show. But first, the Packers return to work on Monday with a midday practice. Then the usual Tuesday day off, and then the regular Wednesday practice, Thursday practice, Saturday practice to get ready for the Giants. And with that, on to today's show. Keith, how did you enjoy your uh, No Packer Sunday? You know, it's it's always a weird one with the with the bye, Bill. I'm I'm never sure I'm going to find enough to do, but especially coming uh, early in the season was nice. Did a uh, did a pancake breakfast and pumpkin patch with the family this morning, and then my Youngest son had a, a double header for his fall baseball league. So, uh, as it turned out, there was there was plenty to do without a Packer game. How about you? I, uh, as an NFL writer, I should not say that I decided to watch golf, but I watched the, I watched the Ryder Cup for most of that. I didn't care about football. The Ryder Cup was unbelievable. I, uh, I, you, you watch like when the majors come. It seems like more often than not, like guy, like the guy who loses is just kind of just because he chokes, and, and it's not because the other guy actually won, but. Both both country or both sides just one clutch putt after it was it was really good stuff. I loved seeing the heckler get called out of the crowd the other day and sink that putt. That was awesome. That was one of the great. That was one of the greatest sports things I've ever seen. I'm like, I'm like, how often has a, an athlete of any sport wanted to be like, oh yeah, you think you can do it better? Come on down here, and and for the guy to actually come out and sink it, that was uh that was something else. That was fun to watch. So maybe I won't be so critical next time Rodgers misses a pass against the Blitz. <laughs> He'll call me out. <laughs> you know, he's done everything but that with us at the uh, at the post game press conferences. We've we've gotten some uh, some steely eyed stares, but but never the how would you like to line up under center? So that could be next. Yeah, you know, I I, I can make a putt. There's, I can never be an NFL quarterback, but to sit there and know you're going to get drilled and do that is uh, that that to me is just the uh, the ultimate of, of athleticism right there. You know, 20 years ago, as long as I, I feel like it's the bye week, so we can we can uh, we can just go sideways here a little bit with the conversation. 20 years ago, you know, I, I have this bucket list of, of stories that I meant to do over the years and never did. But you know, 20 years ago, Bill, when I was you know 25 and not 45, I always thought. I need to convince, and this was back in the, the Mike Holmgren era, I need to convince somebody to let me run down on a kickoff, like during a preseason game, <laughs> just do the whole, you know, who was it, what is that, a, a paper paper line, or what What was the uh, the guy who wrote the story that he did that for the for the Lions? Oh, yeah, um, shoot, I forget, but yeah, anyways. 
famous book. Yeah, and I thought, man, that would be great. And I remember, I'm trying to think who the player was that I told that to. And he just looked at me and he's like, really? You're, you're nuts. He's like, you're not an NFL player. And I'm like, I know. That's why it's a good story. He's like, no, no, you would get hurt. And I'm <laughs> like, still a good story, though. Still a good story. And he just laughed. But, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, there's there's certain things where, you know, could you get in the batter's box and, you know, strike out with a guy throwing it 90 miles an hour at you? Could you get up and make a putt? But I don't know. Anybody that is not a, a finely tuned NFL caliber player trying to get on that field for even one play is probably uh, it's probably some uh, some long term disability coming up there. That kick reader, that that is that was a very stupid idea, Keith. It really was. You know, I've had lots of stupid ideas. <laughs> I was young. I was young. I was full of stupid ideas. So. Yeah, it never happened. I mean, we all we all we all covered kicks when we were seventeen, eighteen years old in high school. But to do that against those guys, yeah, I'll, I'll pass. Yeah, I think it was probably probably one of the better stories I never wrote. <laughs> hey, you know, you, you mentioned Mike Holmgren for a second. This we'll, we'll actually segue into some football. Our our, our guy Matt Tevish wrote something something at PackerReport.com about Mike Holmgren in the Hall of Fame. Saw that good story because Holmgren was in Green Bay talking here after the after last week's game. What do you think, Holmgren Hall of Famer or not? Uh, you know, again, one you know one of those French guys, and there's not a lot of coaches that get in. I feel like he is. I feel like you know he he again was one of those one of those architects, one of those four guys: Brett Favre, Reggie White, Ron Wolf, and Holmgren that resurrected Green Bay and 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 turned it back into title town and. And I think you can you can probably look just at the just at the coaching statistics and the wins and you know yeah he got to the Super Bowl in, in 05 with Seattle and and they probably should have won that game too, um, but I mean I maybe it's nostalgia maybe it's you know because we grew up and and watched this team but I want to attach extra significance to coming to a place like Green Bay in 1992 and doing what he did and being the guy who really you know, molded and shaped and helped mature Brett Favre and, and brought that, that West Coast offense over to Green Bay and, and reshaped the roster and, and just, you know, assembled that coaching staff, which is now, you know, branched off into, you know, all these other great coaches from, you know, Mariucci to whoever else. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's fringe. It's, you know, a, not, quite the, not quite the slam dunk of, of maybe Ron Wolf who, you know, even from an administrative side, there's not many guys that get in. But yeah, I think he, I think you should get in, Bill. I do too. For everything you just said, it's, it's the, it's the, the surroundings. The not just, I mean, I'm a numbers guy. I, I knew numbers as much as anybody. But it's the stuff beyond the numbers. Like I mean, this is a, a garbage team. They hadn't hadn't done anything for forever. They have a no name quarterback. In in the in the turn, Brett Favre, who got run out of Atlanta in a year. To turn him into who he was and to turn a, a franchise that hadn't done anything in, in a quarter century to, to do that, I mean, to me, to me, that that's Hall of Fame stuff. I think so. And, you know, Ron Wolf gets credit as the, the architect that brought all these pieces together, the, the Brett Favre and the Reggie White and Dotson and Gil Brown and, and Don Beebe and Andre Rice and all that. Holmgren's the guy that managed all those egos and personalities and young guys and veterans and made it work in the locker room and made it work on the field. And it sounds corny to say, Bill, but you, you know, you were around the team during, 
during that era too. I mean, it had a a sort of a, a family feel, and and these guys they loved each other like brothers, and they all played for each other. And it sounds a little corny, maybe, but that's what it was. And you had the old guys coming back, and you know the you know Barb and Bart Starr getting to know each other, and you see Reggie White talking to you know Willie Davis who would show up at practice, and and again Holmgren was the guy there who was orchestrating that and encouraging that and, and doing all these other behind the scenes things and yeah I mean it's it it was a it was a special time as a as a fan as somebody that covered the team and and I yeah you you have to you have to look situationally beyond just the numbers and say what what was the impact and and what is the historical significance and I think that's there. Yeah, I did a story about this um, heading into this season about what's at stake for for these Packers. Because one Super Bowl, I mean, it's the Ron Wolf farting to win stuff. And, you know, is Leroy Butler a Hall of Famer if they win two? Uh, maybe. Yeah. And I think if that if, 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 if these guys would have won two, I think Holmgren's probably then a, a pretty near a slam dunk, I would think, especially when you, when you add in the Seattle stuff. But it's just when you only win one and you suddenly become a footnote. I think the Pat Packers team was one of the greatest teams ever. And to only have one, I think it just ruined it ruined individual legacies and it ruined the legacy of the team, I think. I think so too, and and I think and Bill, I, I can't, <laughs> I, I don't know if I had this conversation in my head or if it was one we actually uh, had a you know maybe a, one of one of our late nights working together, but I think you can draw some similarities between Aaron Rodgers and the current Packer team, and going back and looking at Favre than that team and saying they're so good, and you have a a Hall of Fame type quarterback. Why haven't we won more? Are we going to win more? And you you, you start to wonder because again, close close doesn't cut it. I mean, you know, Green Bay got to Super Bowl thirty one and won. They got back to Super Bowl thirty two and lost. They had the Terrell Owens catch in ninety eight, and then that was Holmgren's final game. And they didn't, you know, they had a couple of close calls. The the fourth and twenty six in Philly. That sure seemed like a team that could have got to the Super Bowl, and then. Obviously, the overtime loss to the Giants, but you can do the same thing with with Rodgers and this current team, and and you come back at fifteen and one after winning Super Bowl forty five, and they don't get it done. You've got the meltdown in Seattle, so I mean, again, you you feel like you've got all the time in the world, and all of a sudden you start looking at things, and where's where's that second title? Pressure's on for sure. So to get to this team, how how do they get there? Yeah, I realize it's only it's only three games, and this is maybe a conversation better for eight weeks in. But how do you get from where you are now to to where you want to get to in Houston for Super Bowl Fifty One? A couple things. What's on your What's on your plate? Are we? St- is this podcast still capped at thirty minutes? Yeah, <laughs> we can go as long as you want. Uh, Although Mrs. Well, Packery part might be saying "Bill" pretty soon, so no. <laughs> I, I know, um, man. I feel like uh, I feel well. I guess two things jump out at me, and again, only after three games. One is, you know, the the pass defense has to get better. It has to. I think you're seeing great things up front by certainly Mike Daniels and that D-line in the front seven, but, man, without Sam Shields, that, that pass defense looks looks rough. I don't want to call Randall's season a sophomore slump yet, but they need to get better there. I think it was great to see Rodgers get four touchdowns in the first half, but I need some assurances that, that that vertical offense is back. And, you know, beyond that, maybe it's just, you know, having uh, having my faith in 
the special teams and you know what are what are we seeing there i'm still i'm still a little shaky on uh on the new punter yeah um that's a, that's a fair assessment Although I did do I did do my special teams rankings the other day for PackReport.com. I got Green Bay fourth, Green Bay fourteenth. I was I, I was surprised. I would have I would have guessed. I was surprised. I was got to guess twenty twenty two. So I didn't think they're awful, but I know some of my numbers are a little skewed because it was only three games, and you know they get you know Crosby hadn't missed a field goal, so they're they got a lot of points there. And in the they're actually like number six on kickoff returns, all because of Ty Montgomery fielding a ball out of bounds. So it was it's an admittedly skewed thing, but. Hey, that that play that play should that play should count in the rankings because that that was such a that was such a smart heads up play by him. You know, you mentioned pass defense and let me look at the quarterbacks coming up. Eli Manning, who's uh, he's got a career. He's completed over seventy percent of his passes coming into this week. That's next week. McAdoo's doing some fine work with Eli. McAdoo's doing great work there. You're absolutely right. You know, Dallas is going to be, is it going to be Dak Prescott or Tony Romo? Either way, it seems like they got some good things going there. Then, you know, the Bears don't count. Matt Ryan, October 30th. Matt Ryan put up some good numbers, Keith. <laughs> 500 yards for Matt Ryan, 300 yards for Julio Jones. And that's, boy, they better get that pass defense, pass defense fixed by then. Holy cow. I heard, I heard a rumor somebody had Julio Jones on their fantasy team, though. That had been me. 36 points. Now, and this is, like I said to you before, if he'd have scored just three the week before, I'd have won my matchup. But that's, whatever. But that's a, that's a, that's a scary-looking offense. And I've, I've always made the, the Matty Ice thing, I've made fun of it forever. I've, I, I've always called him Matty Slush. It's like, what have you done? You've done nothing in your, in your professional career. Nothing. Well, you know what? Maybe he is finally. It was Matty, it was Matty Hype. Yeah. Matty Ice. It was. It was. Uh, I, I have no idea why he gets all the love of being this great quarterback. Well, he's again. It's it's four games, but he's thrown for like almost fifteen hundred yards in four games. He's on pace to obliterate all sorts of records this year. It's it's really kind of ridiculous, and and I think you you look at that team in most years, and it's it's really kind of a kind of a chronic underachiever. You always look at them, and you're like, should these guys be better? And right. You're looking at their roster, and you've got. You know, Julio Jones and, and, you know, with Roddy White, you know, going a couple of years back, was still killing it. And, yeah, you're like, why why isn't this team better? And, my gosh, I, I mean, the way they looked through the first few games, yeah, I mean, that was a game I, you know, I mean, you looked at the Packer schedule when it came out and you were like, gosh, is this a is this a 14-2 and two schedule? And I don't know if that I feel that way anymore having, having watched some of these teams for a quarter of the season. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. The list. All right. Well, it seems like a good time to, to since we're talking about Atlanta here to we are uh, talking about doing a buy or sell of the NFC. So I'm going to go through all the top teams here in the NFC and tell me what you think. First place is uh, go heading into tomorrow night. Obviously, is Minnesota three and zero? Are you buying or selling the Vikings? I feel like I got to buy until until they show me otherwise. I don't understand why they're playing like they are, but 
with Bradford and Diggs, and that that defense is legit. I mean, you know, I think we we knew the D line was good. I lo- we we knew they had guys like Harrison Smith in the secondary. I love second year linebacker Eric Kendrick. Yep. He was a guy built that I remember profiling him prior to the draft as a guy that I thought the Packers should target, and he has been an absolute stud. And that game where uh, the Packers lost at U.S. Bank Stadium, I don't recall what his stat line was, but there were a lot of plays where he came in and just blew it up and drove Rodgers into somebody else. So, I mean, that's a that's a tough team. I, I like teams that do it with defense, and again, until somebody rattles Bradford or, you know, somebody can shut down Diggs, yeah, I, I think I'm buying. Yeah, I'm right on the fence with those guys because you know Sam Brett, Sam Bradford has never done anything in his career, and now and, and now their running backs are Matt Azietta and uh, Jarek McKinnon, and Diggs is a great receiver and Rudolph's a heck of a good tight end, but I don't I don't see anyone else there, so I'm gonna buy because of the defense, but I'm not gonna put in a whole lot of money. I, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Philadelphia, three and zero. Man, that Carson Wentz—he's—he—he he's, looks like some. I, I when I heard the story that Cleveland fired guys because they had evaluated <laughs> Wentz, Wentz think I'm like, uh, I, a, I hope those guys are laughing real hard, and B, I hope they all found jobs pretty quick. But man, I just, oh, uh, do I sell? I think I think I'm I'm going to sell, but I'm not going to feel good about it. And I, and I like Wentz, but. I just feel like they've—I feel like they've got to fall off a little bit here because I'm not—I watch them and I'm not—I'm not quite sure how they're doing it. I know they beat the Steelers; that was a huge game. But maybe, maybe, maybe that's the—that's why you sell when the stock's high. Yeah, I'm—I'm I'm selling because I want to see what what Carson Wentz does and are actually losing a game or something. It's—I yeah. he, he, it's, won't say it's easy to play quarterback, but it's, it's easier to play quarterback when you're leading games. Let's see how he does. Let's see how he does. When you know defenses get some sort of book on him, so I, I'm I'm selling. And I love I love what he's shown. I, I mean he's a, he's a he's a big tough kid with a big arm and he's reading defense as well. I I think he seems like he has the look of, of somebody that's that's going to be a really good quarterback in this league. But again, it's his rookie season and four games in. The Los Angeles Rams are in third place in the NFC right now at three and one. And until I talked to you before the phone before we. I uh, hit record on the recorder here. I had no idea who their quarterback was. Keith, who is the Rams quarterback? Well, come on, Bill. It's Case Keenum, of course. Case Keenum. The Case Keenum. That's right. Got to sell that, don't you? I'm, I'm, I'm selling. I'm selling. But, you know, this is a team that you, you like the strength of their lines, you know, offense and defense, but I don't know. You, man... The offensive line was wasn't doing much for Todd Gurley, and and again Case Keenum. So yeah, I gotta I gotta sell on this. I don't I don't know how they're doing it, but I I think it's about to run out. Yeah, they're three and one. They've been outscored by thirteen points. So not not buying. Um, shoot. I, oh, here we go. Um, fourth place, the aforementioned Atlanta Falcons. Buying or selling? I'm buying. I'm how how can how can you not buy after? 300 yards by Julio Jones. Yeah. I got I to do it. They're, they're running. I mean, I get I get. there's not a lot of defense to be seen, but the way that offense is firing and the, the tear that Matt Ryan's on, man, I think 
I think I'm okay taking them as, you know, even even being a, you know, kind of kind of lopsided to the offensive side. Yeah, that defense. I don't. I don't. I. I don't know about the defense, but they can. They can outscore you. And I will. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not gonna feel real good about buying. I will throw in a little. I'll throw in a little bit of money, but I don't know. Not my, until I can see Matt, Matty Ice actually play like someone who should have a cool nickname, cool nickname like that in a key game. I'm not sure. Um, the Dallas Cowboys are three and one. They're in fifth place in the NFC. Really? I'm selling. I I don't know. I don't I don't trust it. I just it, maybe maybe it's just maybe it's just a gut feeling. I don't know what's going to happen when Romo comes back. I don't know if they're are they going to hand are they going to hand him the reins or are they not? Is that going to if they do are they going to keep their momentum? If they don't, is that going to cause some type of you know undercurrent uh, you know among some of the veterans? If Des Bryant, you know what? going on with him um i don't know i mean they're they're making it happen i mean you know that their their quarterbacks out there he doesn't turn the ball over he's playing really smart you know elliot you know it's looking okay they're getting a lot of yards on the ground they're running the ball i should like them but i don't know something's telling me to sell yeah i i I, I'll, I'll sell as well. I, the quarterback thing, you just mentioned the quarterback thing. That's interesting. Is is what do you do there? And then how does the locker room react to that? I think I think that's a really good point you brought up. And I'm sorry. I know Jerry Jones isn't quarterback and he's not tackling anybody, but I I, I just can't buy Jerry Jones. I can't either. I'm not, not, not seeing it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Yep, me too. Seattle's 3-1, and one, and they're in sixth place in the NFC. I'm buying. Yeah, I'm buying. got you right. I'm buying because that because I'll tell you what their defense looks like. It looks like the old defense. I I see some boom back in the Legion of Boom. Richard Sherman was battling Brandon Marshall today. What a what a great matchup that was. I was I watched highlights a, a few times on the NFL Network. Um, I like the defense. I mean, they're uh, you know I don't know what's up with the running game, and this is this is from a guy who has a. You know Thomas Rawls fantasy team. Yeah, me too. I, I sure. Did you see CJ Spiller caught a touchdown, Bill? <laughs> yeah, but I didn't sign Christine Michael though, so that worked out well for me. Oh, I didn't either. But you know Russell, you know Russell Wilson. First he looks shaky, then he's you know then he's banged up, and then he comes out and looks like Russell Wilson, where he's running around and you know throwing for three hundred yards, and you know God forbid Jimmy Graham start actually doing something in that offense, and Doug Baldwin's had some big games, so. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, first and foremost, because that, you know, the 2016 Seahawks defense, you know, is looking a lot like the, you know, 2013 Seattle defense for me. And and when you throw in the offense, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm buying on that. I I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, my question there is the offensive line, and if you can name one starter, you're a better man than me. Is it Russell Russell Akai? I think he's gone. I think he's with the Broncos. So there you go. Well, you get, hang on. Do, do they still have uh, Bruno Gio, Gio No, he's at the Jets. Bruno, can you, can you believe Bruno, Bruno Gio Camini's made millions of dollars in this league? Didn't he was turnstile. He was awful, but you know what? He turnstile. He was awful, but somehow he he res, I was gonna say he rescued his career, but I didn't know if he had a career. But yeah, he's made a lot of money, which is uh, an impressive feat. So, 
got nothing, Bill. I got nothing. So I, I, that that worries me. But you know, Russell Wilson is uh, the you know Rodgers is number one all time in quarterback rating. Uh, Russell Wilson is two. The guy just makes stuff happen. So I uh, yeah I, I will buy with that defense, but the, the O line worries me. Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, the Giants two and one. Well, obviously, I think we'll get a better gauge on them here next week since they play the Packers. Right. But what? what yeah. I mean, Eli Manning is he's having the best. You know, talk about there's a, I mean, is he a Hall of Famer? That's that's probably a whole other podcast. But there's a strange career Eli Manning, but he's finally actually putting together a pretty. I mean, again, it's three games, so he's off to a pretty good start. I mean, he he has. To, I don't know. I, are there any guys that have won two Super Bowls that aren't in the Hall? Like Jim, well, Plunkett got it. No, Plunkett maybe that might be about it. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. It's an interesting case, and I think with the Super Bowls and his and, and his last name isn't going to hurt his chances. I think he's man. He's he's probably in, but yeah, he's you know what was he fifty nine percent fifty nine percent accuracy last year, and he's at. 70% this year, and again, it's only, yep. it's only three games that we're going to see him um, Monday night against the Vikings. Now, that's a game I'm looking forward to, but yeah, you know, I I mean, Ben McAdoo seems to be doing some good things with him. I don't know what's going on. This is, this is another problem for my fantasy team. I've got Rashad Jennings. I've got Arlene's Dark Wah, who I didn't even know who he was until I had to know who he was, but <laughs> you know, who, who knows what they're doing at running back, but I don't know. I'm selling. I'm going to sell. I can't buy everything. I'm going to. I'm going to sell some giants. <laughs> I'm. I'm selling too. I think they're like minus six in turnovers, and that's. I mean, that's just yep. not a sustainable formula. So, God bless Ben McAdoo. Do I like the guy? But yeah, not not happening. All right, the Packers are in eighth place in the NFC. They're two and one. What are you thinking? <laughs> People are going to stop the podcast right here if either of us say sell, though. But I'm going to. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a, a cautious buy on the Packers. I liked I liked the first half. I had a lot of I'll call them conversations with people who insisted that the Packers went conservative in the second half. I didn't really feel like they did. I thought they they threw the ball, they threw on first down, they went deep a couple times, and you had Eddie Lacey averaging five and a half yards in the second half. And and again, only uh, four possessions. They scored on their one and only possession in the third, got a field goal, and then out of their three fourth quarter ones, they ran it out at the end of the game. So, I, I think I, I still felt I still felt good about the team at the end of the game. I felt like they did some of the things they needed to do. You know, we started off talking about the secondary, shaky, concerning, um, but I think I'm buying. I think I'm buying. I am too. Um... For one, I mean, we just went through. There's a couple more teams I want to hit on here. I mean, we just went through the top seven teams ahead of Green Bay. You don't feel good about any of them, so that that's reason enough to buy the Packers, right? Because I mean, who do you just love? I mean, there's no one to just love in the NFC. For one, no. Two, I'm going to go history here. I think Joe is a hell of a good coach. The Packers cornerbacks coach. I think he's a hell of a good coach. Agreed. And I think they'll get it figured out. I, you know, Demarius Randall played some good football last year. Rollins played good football last year. They'll get Shields back. I mean, look, under, you know, Witt took over in 2009, the same year as Capers took over in his 09. They lead the NFL in interceptions by a mile during that period, whether it's interceptions as a team or interceptions by a cornerback group. I mean, they're, you know, they're like 15 ahead of the rest of the league. I just think they'll get it figured out. And if you can play run defense like this, 
at some point, you're going to start winning on third and eight more than you're than you're than you're losing. I just I think they'll solve it. You're going to get Shields back, Burnett back. That's going to help. Matthews back is going to help the the passer. I just I, I yeah I think I think I think the run defense maybe not to this level because this is ridiculous, but the run defense will still play well and the pass defense will get to figure it out because they always have. I agree. I agree, and and also I mean look at some of the guys making plays that you know. Maybe we weren't expecting to, to be making plays. You know, Kenny Clark has got some good snaps. Uh, Nick Perry has been out of his mind. You know, I, I love seeing that. And, and like you said, they've got so many young guys in the secondary that, you know, something's going to happen there. Something's going to click. And, you know, they're bringing guys back. And whether it's the, the front seven getting a little more pressure or the guys on the back end picking it up a little bit, I mean, there's a – you know, there's the, the symbiotic effect there of, you know, you get to the quarterback a half step quicker, takes the pressure off the secondary, secondary covers a little more, you know, it's back and forth. But, yeah, I mean, I, I like I like what I'm seeing. And Eddie Lacy, I mean, you, you can't not like six yards of carry for the entire game last week. And, yeah, I mean, it's, gosh, if Jordy Nelson starts getting deep on guys, you know, I, I think they're going to be in good shape. Couple more teams I want to hit on here. Then I'll talk. I want to go back to, the, to your Nick Perry comment. Buying or selling Carolina at one and three? Man, is that is that maybe the biggest surprise? Seriously, NFL? Yeah, for sure. In my, in my book, I don't. I don't get it. I've watched a little bit of a couple of those games, and I just I can't figure it out. I I just can't because I mean I understand Josh Norman is gone, but I mean there's you know, with that defense and with the way Cam Newton was was carving teams up last year on the ground through the air, I don't get it. I don't get it. I've actually, man, can we can we hold? Do we have to buy ourselves? <laughs> hold on, this. I, it's it's our podcast. We can do what we want. It's our podcast. That's right. I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna hold. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy or sell. I'm gonna. I'm going to hang on to my Carolina stock. And I'm going to I'm going to ride it out. It ride it out a little longer. I can't. I don't. They're they're not as bad as their record. They're just not. I'm with you. I I, you know I, I I'm not a big Cam Newton fan, but he's a hell of a good quarterback. Um, better better than I thought he was, and I I think I think they'll get it figured out. It, it's it's early. They'll they'll solve it. Now Arizona is also one in three, and I I. I don't think they'll turn it around. What do you? What do? You, what are you, are you buying or selling the Arizona Cardinals turning this I'm, thing around? I'm I'm selling it, and I'm I'm selling it because the the big performances that they've got last year were out of Carson Palmer and Larry Fitzgerald, and you just there there's a clock on those guys, and it's it's hard for guys that are up there in age to to play at that high of a level a couple seasons in a row, and you know some of their young guys they're they're not doing the things they were last year, I don't know. It's That defense doesn't look as scary as it was last year. I actually think I'm selling on the Cardinals. I am too. I I, I thought they were going to go to the Super Bowl last year, and then Carson Palmer just choked in the playoffs. I mean, should have, they should have lost to Green Bay. We talked about this, we talked about this at Lambeau for the last game, right? At dinner, I mean, they, he choked in that game, and then and then that championship game against Carolina, it was, what, 14 to nothing before anyone sat in their seats. I just... Oh, it's brutal. So, yeah, so I... I, I I would have sold the Cardinals to begin with, but I mean this is just this is just awful out there. I I can't see them getting out of this. Yeah. All right. So you talked about Perry a minute ago. Um, 
your is he your big surprise? Do you think through th- again three games? But is, is is he your big surprise? But what's what stands out as your your big surprise on, on the on the positive to use a Mike McCarthy word? <laughs> positive. I, I I think it is Rick Perry. I mean, you know, you go back to the off season and, and even the end of last season, and you had you had Nick Perry and you had Mike Neal, and they had very similar stats at the end of the year. You had Mike Neal, who was the older guy, who wasn't he didn't miss as many games to injury, so. You know, we always talk about, uh, you know, what's what's one of the best quarterbacks a player can have, you know, availability. So Mike Neal was a guy that was there. He seemed versatile. They could have signed him for about the same money. And then you had Nick Perry, the younger guy, the higher draft pick, the guy who, you know, flashed the, the higher ceiling on talent, but he was hurt and he just he didn't put it together. So when, it, you know, I, I remember, you know, I'm taking myself back to that spot saying, who did I think they were going to sign? I wasn't sure it would be Perry, and when they signed him, you're like, well, okay, I understand it. And, you know, he had the great uh, the great postseason game against Washington, and it seemed like he was really coming on, and you're thinking, well, if that's the Nick Perry that they're signing to an extension, then that seems like the right move. And lo and behold, that is absolutely the Nick Perry they signed to the extension. I mean, three and a half sacks, tons of splash plays, He's come close on a few other plays. I mean, he he looks like he's a pro bowler out there. He looks like a first-round pick that is healthy and finally hitting his stride, and he's he's killing guys. And I don't know that I saw that coming. I thought he would be very solid and reliable, but not, not spectacular. And I think he looks spectacular so far. He's been great. You know, I've, I've always thought he had this in him. He's... Uh... He's been always been a terrific run defense player, and he's I mean, him and Dayton Jones have played a big role in what they've been doing run defense wise. But this this consistent pass rush that he's produced has been has been terrific. And to get he I mean he's an, he's an every down player now for the first time. He's he's a guy that you want there all three downs. He's been great. Um, I'm gonna go Lane Taylor for my big positive though. Ooh. Um, yeah, you remember the preseason, and then you remember them, them getting rid of sitting and thinking, what in the hell are they doing, right? But Again, it's only three games, but Lane Taylor, no sacks, no penalties. So that's that's uh, that's pretty good. I'm not saying I'm not saying he's better than Josh Sitton because I'm not stupid, but for three games, you know what? I think I think they're I think they've done well here. I think that's a that's a great one, Bill, and that's that's one that a, a lot of people would not have picked. And again, that was you know that was the story of cutdowns. I mean that that was the story at the end of summer heading into the season and, you know, what was the real story with Sidden and, you know, was there a conspiracy? And, you know, I mean, you and I, you and I talked uh, uh, about some, some crazy rumors and, and theories that were flying around out there. And, and you know, I mean, you would have, you would have thought it was the, you know, the, the lane apocalypse <laughs> putting him in the lineup. And it's been, it's been nothing. It's been crickets. It's been no conversation about Lane Taylor. And when you're offensive lineman, I mean, what, what bigger win is there than that? I mean, the running game's been clicking. Your quarterback is mostly upright. And nobody has mentioned your name. Nobody's even thinking about you. Yeah, I remember the, the Jacksonville game. I watched uh, When I watched the uh, the video later, I, I focused on every single snap. And then... I didn't even think about him in the Detroit game. I, no. I never, I never gave him a second thought. So I think that's, like I said, that is, that is the biggest comment you can give to your lineman, and that and the long snappers. Hey, if, if, you're, if we're not noticing you, you're doing your job. That's right. On the other hand, side of the coin, people love negativity. So give it, give it to me. What's your biggest negative here through three games? 
I mean, it's got to be Demaris Randall, right? Yeah. I mean, he's just, you know, and again, uncharacteristically, and I'm not, I'm not concerned. I mean, we saw what he did last year. We, we saw the, uh, the ascension of a, of a young, talented player that was learning the system. And I think it was just, he set the bar really high for himself. And when Shields got hurt, I think people were like, okay, well, no, that's, that's all right. Time to, time to shine if you're Demarius Randall. And instead, you know, he's, he's looked out of position. You know, you and I both talked about last week, you know, two deep passes. He's kind of stumbled and tripped over his own feet. And I don't know what's going on. But like you said, we both we both think very highly of, of Joe Witt. And, and I think we think highly of Randall, too, and some of those young guys. So I think I think they'll get in his ear and, and get in his head, and they'll get things figured out. But, you know, if, I, if we have to pick something, I think that's, that's probably, for me, been the, the biggest negative. Yeah, I'll go Devontae Adams probably here. With you know he's with with the fumble the fumble against Minnesota he's you know dropped a couple you know it just you know I'm not saying anything no one's ever heard before but it's just maddening I mean he's he made more great plays in training camp than any receiver out there and probably had as many negative plays too and it's just kind of continuing to the regular season where he made the great touchdown against Jacksonville and scored last week but others has just not been a whole lot there and it's, you wonder well I, I think maybe the Jared Cook injury impacts this but at some point you got to go with you know, give Jared Aberderis some more snaps or, or some snaps, period. Or, you know, Trevor Davis or, or something. Or do you, you stick with Adams because you love him for inexplicable reasons? I don't know. It's uh, the fact that, they, 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 the fact that they've shown... love Adams, and I mean, they, you know, like you said, it's a, you know, it's, a, it's such a tease with what he's, what he's shown in practice and when it, when it doesn't count. But, yeah, he's... I don't, I don't know... Why he comes up short when when they put him in a spot? I, I really don't. It's I mean that's definitely one of the mysteries. But to your point, I mean you know they they stuck with him last year and stuck with him and stuck with him and stuck with him. And I don't feel like they can do that this year. And, and I do feel like maybe maybe Aberderis is the guy that that they need to go to because again he was I mean he's healthy and he's a guy that was making plays and he's a superb crisp route runner and God knows Aaron Rodgers loves that. He didn't play a single snap of offense against against Detroit. That was no. that was mystifying. I realize they only played about fifty anyway, so it's maybe that's part of it. But zero. That's all right. They, they got to get him. I I just can't for life me figure out where they're not playing him. I, I, I feel like I feel like the Jeff Janis crowd from last year. <laughs> except except they seem to like Everett and they didn't seem to like Janis. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like you said, with Cook out. You know that's that's got to impact some of the play calling and some of the, the personnel groupings. You're right. Um, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see. And you know, on, on Adams, remember Jordy Nelson didn't do much either until the, the tail end of his third year. Then that was that playoff run was at the end of his third year. So yep. I know there's a lot of people ready to get rid of Devonte Adams, but that just maybe if, if it was if you know if, if Jordy got going in late late in his third year, maybe. I mean, it's not time to throw Devontae Adams just yet. No, if we're uh, if we're if we're buying or selling on players, I'm not. I'm holding on Adams, much like uh, much like the Carolina was the Carolina the team I was holding on. Yes, Carolina was. Yes, Devontae Adams is my Carolina Panthers of the Packer roster, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on Devontae, and I need to see more out of him. All right, Keith, we've taken up enough of everybody's time, so I will I will let you go, and I will yeah. see you. On Sunday against the New York football giants, as Chris Berman annoyingly says all the time. 
Can't wait. And we both sold on the Giants, so uh, that should mean good things, right? That's right. I'll be sure to tell Ben McAdoo on our conference call Wednesday that we both sold on him and see what he says. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if that counts as bulletin board material, but, uh, but we'll, we'll try and do our part. All right. All right. Thanks, Keith. See you Sunday. You bet, Bill. We'll talk to you then. All right. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.